Hey everybody, it's Nicole here. We do not have episode 168 ready for you quite yet between Brett's wedding and various other scheduling difficulties. Uh, we have not been able to record. We will be doing that this week. You will get a new episode next Tuesday. But for this week, I have decided to re-release one of our older episodes in honor of the 20th anniversary of this film's release back in July of 2002, I am bringing you our episode, Reign of Fire. It is one of my favorite movies. This is one of my favorite episodes we've ever done, and I really hope you enjoy. See you next week. Hello and welcome to Movie Go Round, a film discussion podcast that rotates between different themes every week on a five-week schedule. This week's theme is You Did This to Us. Hello everybody, I'm Brett Stewart reporting live from Siberia. I think that's a new name for it. Chirac is now old hat. It's now Siberia. <laughs> Negative 35 outside. Uh, Nicole Davis, pretty cold by you too, I think. Yeah, it's, we're still above zero though. So I'm I'm good. So, and by the time this airs, it'll probably be like 70. I don't know. It's New England. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in the heart of the, the polar vortex on its worst day right now. Though I, though I suppose that Minnesota's getting hit worse than we are in Chicago. Oh, they but they do. also don't have a giant lake, which creates a wind chill. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been rough. Having a chihuahua in this weather is not fun. David Luzader, I imagine your dog would probably fare better in snow. How does Topanga like snow? Uh, oh, she's actually, her fur is very light. She does not really like the cold. Uh, here oh. it is also above freezing, um, but probably colder than Nicole and uh, Topanga and I still have struggles. <laughs> it is a... Uh, it's spicy outside, but not not like this movie. This movie is particularly spicy. There's a lot of flame and uh, dragons. Uh, <laughs> um, before we get into it, you did this to us. That means that every five weeks you have the opportunity to vote on a movie on our Twitter and on our Facebook. And you, the audience, gets to pick. We throw a couple fillers in there or items that we know have been voted up in the past but haven't necessarily won and then you can add your own movies and fill them in there looks like we had a really rambunctious voting this time sucker punch was nearly it so maybe we'll be watching sucker punch in the future because that came out nowhere i'm honestly surprised that it wasn't sucker punch yeah when that was on the list i was like oh okay that's what they're gonna do but no (laughs) it was rain of fire which was the movie we were all like hey put rain of fire on there like just like as, as a last minute addition. Nobody will pick it. We just yeah, need exactly. to throw on another one. Exactly. Yeah, we came very close into into like descending into Zack Snyder's wet dream, but instead <laughs> we're here with Rain of Fire, uh, which I suppose he would probably appreciate. And uh <laughs> it came out in 2002. It's dragons versus helicopters and Batman. Batman is here. Uh that's really the most synopsis that we can give you to really do this film justice. But before we get into why, 
uh nicole you're gonna have a new to two pick on our ex on our, our upcoming week which is our next go around of the movie go around and that means that myself nor david have ever seen this movie before what are we watching i was very torn uh, but uh, I wanted to go with something older this round. And we haven't done any Hitchcock yet. But I wanted to do one that was a little bit different. So next week, we will be watching The Trouble with Harry. Mm, Trouble with Harry. Okay. Yes. 1955, Shirley MacLaine's first movie. Uh, early John Forsythe. And John Forsythe has been and gone since you guys have been alive. But he's... <laughs> Probably most famous for being the voice of Charlie on Charlie's Angels. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. You okay. know, I I read something about that today. Uh, fun fact: the guy that was supposed to voice Charlie uh, was super drunk and couldn't record it. So John Forsythe did the role, like did the lines, thinking like this will be just a placeholder. Ended up doing the role for the next like five years. Right on. Very cool. Well, the trouble with Harry that is uh, next week definitely. Go ahead and watch that and find it so you can follow along with the program. I'm excited. I've never seen that one. Of course, I've never seen it. That's the point of the, the week. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when you said idea. it was like an, a, Hitchcock, a, a Hitchcock movie, I was like, rear view window. Or not rear view window, just rear window. Rear um, window. But I would have seen that. I just love that movie. Okay. Hey, everybody. Nicole jumping back in here to let you know that next week's episode is going to be a future classic. This one was nominated by David, and we will be watching Knives Out. I'm excited. Very good. This week, though, was Reign of Fire. That is R-E-I-G-N. Reign of Fire. Look what they did there. Look how snappy they were. I see what they did there. I don't I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. So to give more of a broader pro plot synopsis than just dragons versus helicopters, <laughs> essentially what happens is in uh, London, a dragon is unleashed, which then brings along many other dragons that destroy the world. And it's a post-apocalyptic wasteland that also like seemingly reverts us to both the Middle Ages and Mad Max simultaneously. And Christian Bale, Gerard Butler, and other assorted people you're surprised are in this movie well, are living in this wasteland. Okay, in a castle. Yeah. In a castle. In an Irish castle, yes. Yeah. Which, uh, in, in, a, in an area that is very uh, famously not mountainous and hilly, but they shot in a way to make appear mountainous and hilly. I think the, uh, I heard, I read that the highest hill in that area is about 300 feet high uh yeah I ireland's not terribly mountainous yeah so <laughs> right and, and and what this movie really tries to do for those who had never even heard of it now you guys had heard of it i had not um uh, i really? saw this movie in theaters okay so both of you too. had seen it and what this movie really tries to do is combine contemporary post-apocalyptic wasteland mad max with medieval times and i i, I just don't know guys okay, i just look, I don't think, know <laughs> okay i think there is less i don't know you you you're hung up on this medieval times thing that i don't i don't it has quite. dragons in it <laughs> well okay dra yeah but dragons not necessarily medieval yeah Dragons exist in a lot of folklore and many cultures. Uh, I will say, 
So there are there are good movies and there are bad movies and then there are rad movies. <laughs> uh, and I would say this movie falls more towards the rad cycle of things where is this movie good? Oh no. No 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 no. No. <laughs> but uh is it as entertaining as hell to watch? Yeah, I think so. Yes. Yeah, this this movie hits <laughs> this this movie hits like all pushes all of the same buttons for me as like Pacific Rim. You Ooh, know? That's, that's you pretty apt. I would say I probably like Pacific Rim a bit more. Oh uh, yeah. But it's but I would it's, say that's, that's a pretty apt. Sort of. Yeah. Pacific Rim is a much more competently made film, I think. Uh cuz there's certainly a stronger director behind the camera. Sure. I mean, yeah. What did surprise me about this movie? again was that i don't think for 2002 it looks all that good i just don't like well, whatever i think the dragons though i think I the think dragons actually look really good they really? hold up really well i was so surprised what about all the shots of them standing in front of green screens with crossbows and fake london okay well okay that part's bad yeah <laughs> here's the thing <laughs> this movie to us now feels like a movie in 2002 what a movie from 1988 felt like. Uh, mm, okay. Because I think, I mean, and I think the, 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 the minds out those two time periods that I just described, like us from 2002 and 2002 to 1988 are pretty much the exact same amount of time. Uh, it's yeah, it's there's part of it that are not great, but their conceit is, Hey, the dragons look pretty good. Right. And yeah, the dragons look pretty good. That's, yeah, that's where a lot of the budget and the effort went. <laughs> that's where the budget and the effort should go, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, it, it throws you a little bit with the like very obvious green screen efforts and stuff. And I think one of the problems is when I think of early two thousands, like special effects, I think of two two ends of the chain. And I realize one of these did not come out in the early two thousands, but bear with me. I think of Phantom Menace, which is bad. Nineteen ninety nine does not look good doesn't really hold up and then i think of like gladiator 2000 holds up really well like in- astonishingly well yeah but then i also those, realize it's that not that reliant was like, on cgi yeah Actually, well, it is. They, they, they made the, the coliseum Sam. look new yeah well right but that is that is a far cry a static image in a panning shot is a hmm. far cry different than a dragon moving around yeah, I mean, the big claim to fame with Gladiator was that it was the first movie to make the type of technology in CGI where it could create a ton of different people in the moving crowd and not just have it be a, a replica of like seven or eight people just being replicated millions of times. Uh, um, yeah, and then you had Lord of the Rings come in and do it right. <laughs> oh, shots fired at Davlas on Twitter. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it, the dragons look fine. I'll certainly give you guys that. The big dragon's pretty rad, right? Like, there's a big mm-hmm. daddy dragon that we are introduced to at the beginning of the movie and then at the end of the movie, and he's, like, seven times bigger than every other dragon because apparently, of all the dragons that are terrorizing and destroying mankind, they're all female dragons except for one male dragon. I've got, I've got, yeah. a, lot of, I've got a lot of questions and concerns about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so... Now, before we get to those assumption they're making there. Yeah. Huge assumption. But also before we get to those, I also want to talk about the history of dragons in this movie, that they are somehow able to piecemeal together after discovering dragons exist because they accidentally mined into one of their habitats in a coal mining operation. No, it's not coal mining. 
what, what was it? Like I something? I think they were building a new tunnel under yeah, London. Yeah, I think they were oh, building okay. like a new tunnel, a tube. I gotcha. So apparently, and someone put this in my our docket. A coal mining operation in the heart of London. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Okay, as soon as I said it. Yeah, Nicole, you put it in here. So does this movie actually have the balls to assert that the dragons kill the dinosaurs and that dragons eat mm. ash and that there's only one male on the planet? Yeah, oh, there's yes. this whole diatribe it goes into equipped with like newspaper, fake newspaper clippings and like, archaeological scrolls <laughs> of the dragons wiping out the dinosaurs right. and Christian Bale's voiceover. Yeah. Yes. So, Which boy, everything else, in that, everything in that voiceover is totally fine. But then for him to just be like, yep, they wiped out the di We don't have proof of it, but yeah. they wiped out the dinosaurs. Yeah. Burn the dinosaurs and <laughs> they starved. Then they slept. <laughs> Which, like, God. if you had taken out that line about the dinosaurs, kind of an effective opening monologue voiceover. I, I will say it set, for me, it set the tone pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, okay, so there's these giant predators and they eat so much that they destroyed all their prey and then they went into hibernation for uh -huh. until they were disturbed. and then Works they came for out me. Again. Sounds and great. And they bred insanely fast they said something like in the span of a year suddenly there were millions y yeah okay, okay yeah <laughs> well now we're getting now we're getting back into look here's also the thing brett this isn't <laughs> in, this isn't an a movie this is a b movie oh yes <laughs> and that's why you bet i like it yeah i think <laughs> when i was watching it and i have this in our discussion topic in our discussion docket that i felt like in the last, this movie's an hour and 40 minutes or so. Mm -hmm. And I felt like in the last 20, Thank 30 God. minutes, I was like, how are they going to wrap this shit up? Because <laughs> so much is happening. And but there's what, no what real it, plot to have to do. No, with. right, right. I mean, but what, what it made me feel like because it was short was I felt like the ending was just kind of rushed into the very end. And it felt more like they were trying to fit it in a space that would work for television. It's like a TV B movie, but with fantastic actors which is what's so yeah. bizarre about this movie well That's really pretty much how the i i have the dvd and i was watching the special features and rob bowman the director uh best known for directing like a pile of x-files episodes uh -huh. as well as both x-files so movies X -Files um and electra uh <laughs> yeah unfortunately <laughs> um he was talking about he's like he he acknowledges it. He said, this is a B movie, but I wanted to make a B movie, you know, a genre B movie with the best actors I could get to do it. And he does, you know, he gets Matthew McConaughey and Christian Bale, you know. Yeah. And actually, Gerard Butler, really <laughs> good in this movie. He's yeah. totally acceptable in this movie. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, no, should, should we just go ahead and mention Brett's weird hatred of Gerard Butler right it's here? Not even a hatred. I just don't think he's a good actor, and I don't think there's a lot of people that would double down on Gerard Butler being an incredible actor. I, I'm not gonna say incredible, but I would not go toe to toe with you on that. No, I would. Yeah. I would concede he's, that like he's three hundred and this movie. Those are his best oh. roles. Yeah, Rock, he's, he's have fine. you not seen Rock and Roller? I have not seen Rock and Roll. Oh, actually. I think you would really like Rock. It's a Guy Ritchie film. It was um, like the last. It was the last of Guy Ritchie's crime movies. I 
actually, no, you know, some a lot of people hate on Guy Ritchie movies, but I I quite like wow. Sherlock Holmes. I really like The Man from Uncle. Yeah, um, no, this was great, and he and it had also has Tom Hardy in it. It's it's got a great uh, cast. Uh, well, the one thing I will say, here. yeah, we almost ran into even more Gerard Butler because he's in this movie a fair amount. Was he going to be twins? What? No, no, no. <laughs> we he was were play every role. He was the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> clones. No. All of Gerard Butler's clones were holed up in this castle. No, and in 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 what is not too much more of a reach, he was going to play an Egyptian man in Gods of Egypt, which uh we almost watched. That was on the docket too and was doing oh, reasonably which well. Christian Bale did instead playing Moses in that movie. <laughs> Oh God, I, I'm not going to say anything one way or the other on that movie so that our audience will Wait, be Christian Bale's in that movie too? Yes. Yeah. They're both in that movie? No, wait, maybe I, I'm thinking Exodus, Gods, and Kings. Oh, I'm thinking, thinking oh, yeah, Exodus, yeah. Gods, I'm thinking and Kings. Exodus. Wait, what God, movie was it? Uh, Gods of Egypt is the one oh. that was in the voting oh, and that has Gerard which, Butler. Wait, no, which one is that? It's, is uh, that the creative one? No, that's Prince of Egypt. It's, it's real bad. They become like Iron Man at some point. Yes. No. So what happens in gods of Egypt is it's like basically superheroes. Yeah. The gods of Egypt are fighting over Egypt and then Exodus gods and Kings, Christian Bale is Moses. And then they're all racist, but gods of Egypt, the one with, with, with Jamie Lannister in it. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Unfortunately, I want to circle back. (laughs) I just want to briefly mention Brett was like for early two thousands, this movie doesn't look great. (laughs) Dude, go look at a list of early 2000s movies and uh, go watch Go watch the first Lord of the Rings. I love the first Lord of the Rings. If you want to tell me the cave troll, like a movie that had a massive budget, you want to tell me the cave troll in that first Lord of the Rings movie still looks great today? Buddy, early 2000s was 19 <laughs> you know years what? ago. Yeah. I'll double down on that because the Balrog and everything else in that movie hmm. does still hold up. Okay, and the dragons in this movie hold up. Yeah, I don't no, understand. No, I'm not, <laughs> yeah, so not going to contest you on the dragons. Saying, there by was early some... 2000 standards. This movie's right on. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to contest the dragons. It's the it's the backdrops in which we see the dragons, particularly uh, London like the or final the remnants. Confrontation. Yeah. 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 That is just a stretch. Um, we have all but, of London, but it's going to be in this one place we could easily section off. That right. that he has a childhood connection to and can easily bring them to um by the way as long as you mentioned jenny laster it did throw me off when i saw Minnie joffrey in this movie oh yeah wigged me out when i saw that little ugly mug and that's that's all i really have to say to that Uh yeah just walked up and i was like oh hey i want to smack that kid in the face yeah (laughs) i don't know why is there any more of a child actor that is going to run into being irrationally hated more oh, than that. Kid. I know. I feel bad for the this guy, guy. The guy has quit acting because of the Joffrey role and has like been harassed. Like he went to he went to college and wow. got continually harassed by people. Well, that was um. That's what happened to Jake Lloyd, who the little dude who played uh, uh, young Anakin. Jake Lloyd. Yeah, but Jake Lloyd was bad. Bad. In <laughs> okay. Jake Lloyd was Jack also- Leeson. Jack Leeson. As much as you hate the character was really good but because he really made you hate that character. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about Star Wars Episode One. Everybody is bad in that movie. Oh, yeah. It's that's horribly, even Natalie Portman's bad in that movie. Yeah, it's horribly only, I think directed. Only Liam Neeson comes out looking okay. You can't, you can't, you can't 
blame Jake Lloyd in any way and be like, well, you know, he deserves it a little bit because he was bad in that movie. <laughs> kid was like 10 years old. No, I don't think he deserves the abuse. He was a kid. Uh, uh, no, uh, certainly not. Though somebody that is in this movie that is chewing on the scenery like a large dog trying to gnaw chunks of out of the drywall, according to Nicole, <laughs> is Matthew McConaughey yeah, playing Van Zan. Let's go uh, into this. What the who hell shows is that up- name? Yeah, so he shows up in this movie. His first name too is like Dyson or something. <laughs> Denton. 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 Yeah, he shows Denton's up in a, a good tank. Southern name. Yeah, and you think that he's going to be a marauder, and Christian Bale and his little outpost are preparing for him to be a marauder, but in reality, he's just a part of a traveling trove of like ex mercs <laughs> for, no, the, for the U.S. government. They were they were U.S. military. And okay. had come to London to try and kill the, uh, the big daddy dragon. No, they weren't. They weren't U.S. military. They were militia. He says he's from the Kentucky Irregulars. Oh, that's right. I, I think they're kind of a ragtag group. <laughs> yeah, they're whatever's <laughs> left. Well, you also have to keep in mind that that when you think about the, the okay, so Christian Bale's character is conservatively in his mid thirties to early forties in this movie. Uh. Let's what, see. Christian start? Bale's like two years younger than I am. He was born in seventy four. Oh. This was two thousand and two. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So no, he's like thirty. Okay. Yeah. Well, my point then is, is that this has been going on for twenty years and change. He's like eleven at the beginning of the movie when this first starts. Yeah. No. So, because it says it's like two thousand. It says it's twenty twenty, and the film opens in like early two thousands. Whatever. Okay, so it's been going on a while. I guess my point is, is that a lot of these people were quite a bit younger uh, when this first got started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I okay. So Matthew McConaughey's character, yeah, uh, great. He Love he it. shows up with this yeah. ridiculous mustache, this shaven head, ah, these bite your tongue, <laughs> over the top tattoos. Wait, are you talking about his mustache and not the rest of his beard? Yeah, that's a. I think that's a pretty for as, as someone who is not generally a big fan of facial hair. I think that is a really nice mustache and beard he's got going. I think it works well for him. Oh, it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if this is me, you guys thirsting over Matthew McConaughey. Look, I'm uh, just saying the McConaughey's happened in 2002, and we all just didn't realize it. And I mean, come on, it was, <laughs> especially with the way this movie is color corrected. Those big gray eyes are so dreamy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, he, and they're so, I, I will give you though, that they're like husky eyes. They just pierce your soul every single time yeah. he's on camera. Yeah. And he is just, you, you know, you, you mentioned he's chewing up the scenery and yes. everything he's doing is so ferocious and aggressive. And he's just going all in. If he's not and- in He's not in this he knows movie. Knows what movie for. he's in. If, if he's he the only one doing that. If he wasn't in this movie, it would be way worse. Like this movie would not hold up uh, in any way, shape or form. It would be just, it would be totally just a B movie if he was trying to play this straight. Um, I read yeah. in, in the trivia, uh, one of the guys, the guy who's like on the radio. Um, was like, oh, the oh, guy I keep movie. thinking is the guy from Battlestar, Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, it's, isn't. Not, it's not Baltar. It's not Baltar. No. Uh, <laughs> but apparently like when they were on their first day, uh, the first AD came in 
And he said, guys, I need your attention, please. It's like, uh, Mr. McConaughey is going to arrive on set in about 15 minutes. And I have to give you a directive, which comes from the producers that you are not to call him Matthew or Mr. McConaughey or anything to do with his real life. You must call him Van Zandt. <laughs> uh, even if you meet him outside wow. in the road, even if you meet him out uh, out in town in Dublin, uh, you must call him Van Zan. So he went wow. full method for this movie. Wow! What I would say, what a waste. But as you said, he makes the movie. It's the <laughs> best part of this whole thing. Because as Everyone- much as I love Christian Bale, Christian Bale just sleepwalks his way through this. Movie. No, 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 no. He's he's the grounding person. He's he provides he's the grounding. So he's the serious. He's so serious because he's the leader and he's he is responsible for the lives of all these people in the castle, hundreds of people. And he takes that very seriously. And he feels responsible because he's the one who discovered the dragons in the first place. So he was the first one through the tunnel and woke up the dragon and screwed everybody for life. So sure. But, <laughs> so but he's, he's also anybody's super serious and then you've got gerard butler is the comic relief and then uh, he gets all the quippy lines yeah you get isabella skorupko as the female awesome badass pilot as the one woman as all women the one woman in the movie who is not in charge of the children Uh, isabella skorupko but it's still the love interest but it's right and then you get uh Matthew McConaughey as the you know the id the driving force the 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 driver behind the narrative here who's going to go pursue the dragon and move the plot forward so everybody's got their roles to play yeah yeah though Christian Bale is just so dry I mean this movie ends with a quip about him being optimistic that's how boring his character is like (laughs) it ends with him (laughs) putting an axe over his shoulder (laughs) okay okay I am so glad that you brought up this axe. Oh, um, all I want to talk okay, about. Okay, so 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 for context for the listeners, Matthew McConaughey's character Van Zan has an axe that he just seemingly pulls out of no, nowhere and never it, really uses except for it's once. On the top of the tower at the end at the, the climax right, yeah, of the movie where he you know, in the most no. badass shot of the movie where he leaps jumps off like 30 the tower feet. It's yeah. with only the axe against a dragon. It is the cre- and like gets eaten instantly yeah it's it's yeah. a perfect moment it is exactly how that moment should have gone but where did the axe come from it he doesn't have it exactly. it's it's like he willed it into existence yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have that it that is exactly right that's exactly when they're I re- moving I remembered into when when we went to watch this again brett had never seen the movie we went to watch this again of course Anybody who's seen the movie remembers that's that's the iconic shot of the movie is him with the battle axe jumping off the like a medieval battle axe jumping off the top of this tower at the dragon. And so like subliminally, my mind had been like, okay, so he's had the axe from somewhere. But watching it again this time, it's the axe is literally just like waiting on top of this (laughs) factory chimney. You never see it at any point anywhere in the movie before this. It's a, and there's this axe it's waiting on top, of battle axe yeah. on top of a factory chimney, waiting for and him then, to pick it up. And then at the end, Christian Bale like picks it up, like, "Hey guys, remember the axe, the iconic <laughs> axe from this movie?" Uh, it's so, but which I, also means he went and found the axe because the axe then gets like shattered off to the side. 
when he when Van Zan gets eaten by the dragon. Right. So, yeah. And, and that he digs it out of the dragon's insides. I don't know. Yeah, and he keeps <laughs> grabbing what, what what is so bizarre about the axe and Van Zan's character is that okay, I, I guess I can kind of get the famous shot where he's jumping at the dragon. Like, it's all he has left. It's either that or get eaten. Right. Sure. Um, but when we first see this axe, he's surrounded with artillery and he's surrounded with tanks and a battle helicopter and he just pulls his axe out of well, nowhere. No, in and that like, moment, he's not. No. And that yeah, we, we, we first see the axe when the first dragon comes and they all kill it together. He brings no. the axe out. Does he? No. Yeah. No. Well, so, so, but Brett's but, but not saying he uses it. He just has an axe. Yeah, he has the axe. He brings it out not, and holds it. I not up. remember the axe at any point before the tower. Yeah, he has the axe before then. Oh. Hmm. Now, and see, he just so holds it. This is my theory about this. Is just that there was there was this whole like undercurrent with the, featuring the axe that got cut out in <laughs> there's editing. A whole, there's a whole storyline about how. Oh, yeah, nope, like where nope. he found it, no, where he picked it up, that at some point he like stopped in a museum or found it in a cave. Or like I his father know. passed it down to him as it was passed the down. The American sure. battle axe tradition. Yeah. You know. From father's son since the Civil War. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. It's a Civil War battle axe that he's brought. <laughs> but, so all of it's making perfect in sense. Any case, in any case, it, your family, your family doesn't have a battle axe. Yeah, it's it smells like a mystery prop that has has most of the story behind it has been lost in the editing, and that's or that's it's where just sort of discontinuity comes from. Or like even better, just one of those things that they wrote in and then like nobody noticed until they were in editing. <laughs> it's like this movie comes out tomorrow. Or the no. way that this movie was, the the quality of the writing in this uh-huh. movie, they were just like, okay, so he fires his crossbow at the top of the tower, and now all his ammo's gone. What if he had an axe? What if he had? That's what <laughs> I choose to believe. Is how this all happened. Oh, and they were like badass. They were like, well, we're all out of cocaine. Write it down. <laughs> so I'm sending you guys an image here. This is a shot from the beginning of the movie when they descend upon this guy's town and they first hear that this dragon is coming and they all have to go together to kill this dragon. And he just turns around and he turns back and has the ax. Doesn't use it. He just has it. And then it goes away. again. <laughs> he never uses it. So he has a pocket. I'm sure that's in the movie and not just like a still taken on. No, set. that's in the movie. It's sure. Oh, because that's the scene huh. with the helicopter parked on the helicopter platform. It does look like a kind of a set photo, though. Oh, yeah, it looks. It looks like a blood on set photo. What are the? I don't know. About? I could have sworn it was there, um, but it is. It's very, very weird. It is a very, very. Uh, I will have weird to go back. The axe reveals that I have to go watch this movie all over again. Great, this is just. That's yeah. Oh darn. <laughs> Yeah, so it's bizarre. But what else is also very bizarre to me about his character is his convoy. So Van Zandt's traveling around in this convoy that has like a Hummer or two. He's got a couple tanks. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got a helicopter. Yeah. So a couple questions. Where is he fueling everything? And how is he driving tanks and helicopters across the Irish countryside? When Ireland's not that big. Yeah. But he's also like 
I can't imagine you can get very far in a tank. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. In a car, you can drive across Ireland in like four hours. So yeah, not in the tank. And also, like, he right. how much? Brett, that- uh, let me ask you: How much time you spend in a tank? How much tank <laughs> experience you got? I'm just. So you're telling me that <laughs> the miles per gallon on that thing is think- efficient enough for him to never have to refuel that thing? No, but how else is he going to get it around? How old do you think they get tanks around? With like lots of fuel and when they're not like completely short on supplies and scavenging the countryside in a post-apocalyptic wasteland. They're not, they're not, they're on a mission. They're not just traveling around. They negotiated with the people from Gastown for their gallons of guzzling (laughs) and they put it in the tanks. I mean, this isn't Mad Max. (laughs) He establishes where they get their gas, right? Like Like they at some point in the past, he had set out like, okay, we're going to go kill Big Daddy Dragon. Uh, We're going to need a bunch of fuel to do that. Let's get a bunch of fuel. And now we're near the end of that. So we're running low on fuel. I don't understand. Like, but did you want to see him like siphoning uh, with a hose? (laughs) No, it just, just, what what blows my mind is that then they just decide, yeah, we're going to go from Ireland in the slow moving convoy. Um, down to London. Convoys get around. Well, no, yeah. they don't say it's Ireland. It's Ireland standing in for some okay. part of England. You know, but no, but hear me out on this. So they go down there, and the helicopter is just flying apparently at the same pace as the the convoy. Which again, I just imagine they how how do they have the fuel for this? And then at some uh, point in the past, they got fuel. I don't know. What, <laughs> what, just sit down. Why do you need to know this? because it's just so absurd to me it is again at least mad max shows me there's like oil fields and there's like 12 people left outside of this castle they can steal the fuel from anywhere all right fair enough which has a lot of fuel (laughs) yeah i mean okay admittedly he says what after they cross the atlantic you know their c-130 or whatever it was that they used to carry everything over like i guess ran out of fuel and crashed broke down i don't know yeah and they also come to 100 he he, 100 people died in the crash landing or something yeah and then he also comes to uh quinn who is um christian bale's character and says i'm out of resources and i also need more people so again just kind of confused but i moving that aside how are you moving that aside (laughs) moving that aside couldn't this convoy just have been absolutely smoked at any point in time by any of these dragons? No. Oh. I mean, they it show does, the- though. It, it's, it's killed by Big Daddy Dragon, who is like five times the size. So yeah, just have I mean, five lady dragons. Okay, There's but, apparently a million of them. They don't. <laughs> they, they apparently don't travel in packs. Okay, but <laughs> later in the movie, Banzan survives an attack by being under the tank. So presumably the tank is enough protection against dragon fire that yeah, it's the, fine. The strength of dragon fire is a little confusing to me. In it's this a little movie. variable. Right, but like, everyone right. dies in it, including the right. guy that was driving the tank. He's the only survivor. Oh, it's a fairy tale. Why are we quibbling about talking bears? There are dragons in this movie. <laughs> Why are you nitpicking? How right. Much? Fuel it takes or well, fire it you, takes burn through a tank. Here's the difference. I don't understand. Here's the difference. Nicole, you and I enjoy this movie, so it's like, well, yeah, of course it's absurd, but it was a fun ride where yeah. Brett didn't have fun, 
So he's like, oh, let's go. I'm what sad happened? Brett did not have fun on this movie. Yeah, I I guess. I mean, and then like the I'm just going to go even deeper into my annoying nitpicking. Uh, <laughs> what is with the whole like underlying heavy handed look at you military destroying the world? I didn't need any of that. That's like half the post-apocalyptic movies, though. The reason that it's post-apocalypse is because we, you know, the military all killed each other and and destroyed like half the population. I mean, of the to planet. be fair, the dragons were destroying the world anyway. <laughs> sure. sure. Okay. It's like I mean, Independence yeah. Day, where they launch nukes against the the alien ship, and it doesn't do any good, but it like destroys half of what Dallas, I think it is. Or the end of <laughs> Avengers, where they're launching a nuke on New York for yeah. I've got so Why many not? issues with Cut your losses, that plan. you know? Yeah. So Nicole, uh yes. you I noted in our in our in our Slack <laughs> that about half the people in this movie dressed so I'll break it down in two sets. Oh, okay. The the people who come from Matthew McConaughey's convoy are yeah. dressed like they like they robbed army surplus. And the people They're just like military, pretty much. Right. And then the people that are living with Christian Bale in an Irish Castle are LARPing and just left the Renaissance Fair. So you have a theory to this and it is entirely baffling to me because you still have guns, you still have weapons, you still have modern day technology to an extent. Why are you dressing in like ancient robes? And (laughs) I don't understand. All right. So like the guns and and the the other metallic stuff is is what you would call durable equipment. Right. Okay. Fabric. Mm, not as durable so you know in your initial raid to get guns and supplies and resources and whatnot you know you're going to get all those things but they're not all going to last the same over time the fabric stuff's going to break down you're only going to be able to make simple stuff with the the thread and sewing supplies that you've got on hand and the long my theory is that like the long weird shapeless coats that everybody wears outside are not just for warmth but there's some degree of fire resistance to them mm-hmm. and that's why they're so long and cover everything on I think people there, there's probably also a level of like camouflage in it where it's sure, like, you just <sighs> flop down on the ground and kind of blend yeah. in with the ground what yeah. about all the teenage boys that are out like apple picking and like uh, elven robes like black eating, elven robes they're eating tomatoes which for some reason that 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 image of somebody grabbing a tomato off the vine and just smashing it into their mouth is like burned into my brain <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you ask me about this movie that's one of the things i picture all of the dancing on the castle after they kill that first dragon and then matthew mcconaughey throwing himself uh at a dragon with a battle axe that may or may not have existed the entire movie jury's still out though i do yeah. love that this movie has several entirely avoidable sacrifices. Um, the first of which is, is one of those kids that, that decides right. to then run the opposite direction when he could have just gone with all the others and survived. Well, it's because um, his stupid dad decided to drag him outside, steal half the crop and try to make off on their own. It's right. So, it's also supposed to be because like, he's like dragon. It's like, all right, well go tell dad or whatever. And the kid's not like, and I'll come with you. He's like, you go tell dad and I'm just going to stay here. Right, right. And then the other one is Gerard Butler's character who holds up a uh, fire extinguisher to combat fire and and 
just gets a door closed on him when he could have just walked in the door with everybody else? He's he's heading out to try and find whatever survivors might be Uh, outside the bunker. Christian Bale is going to go. Giant dragon attacks and the the blast from from its flame breath, you know, blows the door shut and he can't get back to the bunker on time. Christian Bale was going to go and Gerard Butler was like, no, you're our leader. I'll go. You're too important. I'll go. He gets, yeah, he gets outside and then it's like, ah, no big daddy dragon. Yeah. Okay. Sure. But I mean, Uh, I have you. Okay. Were you, did you at least find charming the beginning part where they're retelling the empire strikes back? Oh, I love that part. Yeah. That part's adorable. Okay. Okay, right, so you're not it. without a soul. All right. We, no, we no, I, I don't I don't hate this movie. I'm just I think I'm like I'm more Gerard willing to the part than you guys, but I don't hate the movie. Now, this uh, is where I love Gerard Butler, particularly in this movie, is they're reenacting the, the climactic bit of Empire Strikes Back, where you know Darth Vader says, I am your father, and cuts off his hand, and you know, and the you know, he cuts off his hand and, and the kids watching are all like, oh, you know, and Gerard Butler's character like turns to them and like shows them his hand. It's so, so perfect. Tucked up his sleeve and it's adorable. It's so good. It's so charming. And adorable. the kids, uh, the kids reactions. Part of me wonders if while they were taking inspiration from Empire, they also took inspiration from Return of the Jedi. Because the kids' reactions to that scene being reenacted is like identical to the Ewoks' reactions of (laughs) of C three PO reenacting it. Yeah, like when like when they're doing the and all the kids are like, (laughs) Ewoks do the same thing. Um, Yeah. So also speaking of like creatures that don't exist, really quickly, I want to go back to the dragons. How short or long is their lifespan? Okay. only one daddy dragon is out there. However this long is- it's convenient, I don't know. Because because they say because they because they kill they kill big daddy dragon, uh, which I, I I can't refer to as anything but big daddy dragon at this point. Yeah. Uh, he then they're like, well, it's been three months and we've seen any other dragons. So apparently the females have like a two month lifespan. <laughs> I don't know. Pre- presumably it's that. Well, number one, we don't know how how far that very you know the epilogue scene is from. That's true, but nobody looks that much older. And there's that like the, the teenage kid doesn't look any much like much older. Christian right, Bale's beard is only slightly mean, more mangy. They killed the big one. Yeah, but that apparently I mean, set off. A- what I can gather, the their method of reproduction. If there's only one male, their reproduction is actually much more like imph amphibians than lizards like where the female well, compare them to the fish in the movie they, yeah they, they talk they talk about them being fish sperm to fertilize the eggs like as they're going by so they can fertilize right. thousands of females in a short amount of time or something right but, so so that makes me wonder then like not have time to be getting down with all the female dragons right right because yeah they talk about how Quickly, they reproduce. Um, like, uh, yeah, it's just, it, it just, it's just a fantasy no, movie, David. We're talking no. about dragons. Don't dig into their lifespan. Okay, don't you dare do this to me, Brett. Writers of this movie is three writers credited on this movie. The guys who have story by credit, they have no other credits on IMDb except oh, Rain no. of Fire. 
There's a third guy who's credited with screenplay credit whose other credits include such gems as Halloween H2O and Seventh Son, which is this really awful movie from a few years ago with Jeff Bridges. I mean, uh, selling it completely, and it's it was just super bad. I mean, um, you know, I can I can even actually kind of get behind the idea of like the feet like they since they reproduce so quickly that they actually have a short lifespan because they just sure. burn they just burn yeah. zoom and it's sure. just it's just well because I mean you know the big daddy dragon's the only one that has to go into hibernation. I mean, if the creatures if the xenomorphs from Alien can go from tiny chestburster to full size thing in like what hours a day maybe. Why not? Why not dragons becoming huge in a matter of yeah. months? See, well, I can a... get totally behind that, Brett. I'm fine. Back <laughs> <laughs> so there's a scene where where Quinn pulls a uh, an egg out of the dead belly of the dragon they killed. Mm-hmm. Shoot, that's preggers. Yeah. Do they ever go back to that at all? Or is that scene just entirely pointless? I think it was just to show us a dragon egg, which I think it was like it was kind of to prove the whole like <laughs> it's a female. Sure. Quote unquote, unquote we female. Reproducing. We better do something about this. Yeah. <sighs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, sure. So sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. So guy, really quick, I want to do a quick poll here. There are three different taglines that this movie was promoted with. I want to get everyone's favorite here. The first one was Fight Fire with Fire. Mm. Makes sense. Second one is The Battle Ignites, July 12th. Mm. And then the third one is They're Extremely Intelligent, Highly Evolved, and They Don't Like Sharing the Planet. Which one is, which one's best? Fight Fire with Fire, of course. Yeah, Fight Fire with Fire makes the most sense. Uh, What I love is because taglines are always written by the marketing team who like have a vague understanding of the movie. Um, That last one is pretty like that last one is pretty B movie. Oh, oh man. Tagline. None of these are are like Sister Act 2 back in the habit level, but that's okay. Not <laughs> everyone can be not everyone can be a winner. All righty. Um, we divert back to the movie now. Is it bad enough to be good or is it just too weak to hold itself up? A question from David. I mean, I, I just kind of like there was actually a point in this movie where I was like, oh, wait, do I, am I not actually enjoying this? But then I was like, that's crazy. Of course I am. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I realized I could see, you know, for someone like like Brett, who just because I don't think I don't think this movie is a cult classic. Unfortunately, I think it it the, the, the crowded services is not passionate enough to to carry it on its shoulders. So, I mean. I guess the question is a little bit more like, is this a potential cult classic or is it just the little movie that could, but didn't? I think the problem with it being a cult classic is that you have one scene that is so batshit and so far out there and you know, everyone's going to cheer and holler at it when he jumps off with the ax. Mm-hmm. And I think for a, for a stupid action movie to be cult classicy, I think you have to have a lot of moments in the movie that are just unanimously like cheer and holler at the screen at midnight. And I don't think this movie has any of them aside from that. That's what, about the, what about the one with the archangels where they're trying to like bait the dragon with guys in wingsuits? 
I, I guess. Yeah. And by the way, that entire plan is just confusing to me. If you're just going to shoot it with a harpoon anyway. Um, harpoon. No, they just, I, they're trying to take it down with nets. Yeah, I think the harpoon nets, they're trying to oh, yeah. snare the wings and get it to fall out of the sky. Oh, is the harpoon the backup when it doesn't work? Well, no, the I idea is so. to, yeah, I think a little bit is, I mean, the idea is to get the thing on the ground and then when uh, you have it trapped, then you shoot it. It's not to do it on the fly. Okay. I got you. Yeah. No, I, I don't know if that's the kind of scene that just gets people super riled up and like, I can't wait to watch this movie to show you this crazy scene of people jumping out of a plane. Like I would sit down and be like, I cannot wait to show you Matthew McConaughey jumping with an ax 30 feet into the air to fight a dragon. Right. Like, and there's a lot of movies that we've watched that have those moments. (laughs) Yeah. Only one as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Yeah. This would definitely, that would definitely be the moment that gets people on their feet. Right. Um, because like I, whenever I think of it, I think of like the cult classics that I've seen uh, at midnight showing stuff like, you know, the room where there's so many scenes and lines and, you know, idiosyncratic pieces of the room that the audience can all yell the quote together and yell when something stupid happens. And this movie definitely has that with that scene. I don't know if it has it everywhere else. The the, the archangels, though, you may, you bring a good point on those. They're that is weird. <laughs> I guess it would kind of work, right? Like, yeah, trap it with nets while flying. As sound as it can get. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't this movie scary? On the Blu-ray special features, director Rob Bowman keep uh, kept talking about how you make a movie scary. Nicole, you yeah. you you own the Blu-ray of this, first of all? I do. <laughs> I'm, I'm not concerned that you own the movie on Blu-ray. I'm concerned they made this movie on Blu-ray. Like... Dude, uh, the dragons look badass. They look really good on regular <laughs> DVD. They look just as good on Blu-ray. I think oh. it still looks great. There's there's very few special features. There's no commentary track, or I would have watched it with the commentary. They couldn't track get on. anybody to come back and talk. <laughs> no, but there's a few additional special features of like stuff that they shot on set. And Rob Bowman was kept talking about how. You know, the way you make a movie scary, scary is you make people care about the characters so that there's more tension and suspense in the scenes where people are in danger and you try to ground it in reality as much as you can. I mean, obviously, the dragons are super fantastic, so you have to have as many other real elements as possible to make people believe in it. But he's going on and on about how this is how you make a movie scary is by making like believable, a believable world with characters that you really care about. And he's not scary. And he keeps no. talking about how that makes it scary. And I'm like, this is not a this is not a movie that seems to be about being scary. Yeah. It's suspenseful movie. in parts, but it's an it's an action <sighs> movie. Yeah. yeah that's, that's a long shot. Though I do want to point out that when I was looking at the Blu-ray on Amazon. If you look at the back of the Blu-ray, and Nicole can probably do this in person. I'll put a link in our chat. Yeah. Um, apparently, there's another scene with him holding the axe that we haven't even talked about because there's a screenshot of it on the back. <laughs> Hang on. I can't see it yet. Uh, oh, look at that. The link notes that I purchased this item in 2012. Oh. <laughs> There's also, yeah. And him holding the dragon egg, which we've established has no purpose in the movie. Yeah. him. Oh, hold on. Let me, let me get the DVD case. It's like 10 feet away. Hold on. 
so that 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 acts <laughs> the question yeah, is like is that scene in the movie i who knows email us if you're willing to watch this movie and specifically look out on the, that for us i bet someone is there are not <laughs> a lot of pictures on the back of the blu-ray case i will tell you that um so let me see where am i okay <laughs> so you can see the back of the blu-ray case the pictures are not very large the right. one is with the axe there's one with christian bale holding the dragon egg and then there's one with two characters running. I think it's Christian Bale and Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey is holding an axe, but I do not remember this from the actual film. I think point. it's that scene I'm talking about, but I could be wrong. Um, again, I'm just baffled by this axe. <laughs> but, but it looks really good, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> no, the axe is a great part of this movie. Don't get me wrong. I love the axe. Yeah, the axe is one of the best props of the movie. Unlike the guns, which I found out watching some of the behind the scenes stuff were not even real guns. Because yeah. at some point in the the backs, you know, the, the footage of, I guess you could call it backstage. I don't know. You know, the behind the scenes stuff, he falls down and the gun is like, bent in half that he's holding and the, the prop guy has to go straighten it out while they're waiting i would just love if they were made of like rubber and so it's like when anytime anybody moves on screen it's just waving around no i don't think it's rubber i, mean, I do no, like i, know I do not, enjoy but that saying, but i think it's probably made of like zinc or some cheap yeah, metal probably. that's easily bent yeah though so, <laughs> the one thing i do want to point out now as well is so here's the thing. I write email marketing copy for a living. So I am not uh, I am not foreign to the pun, but I think it might take the cake of the editorial note on this particular re reissuing of this Amazon. Matthew McConaughey and Christian Bale battle terrifying beasts and each other in Reign of Fire on Blu-ray. Packed with action, this thrilling adventure is hotter than ever in this explosive ah. new format. All hell breaks loose when an unearthly creature is awakened after centuries of slumber 20 years later fire chief quinn tries to keep refugees alive with a ferocious dragon dominating the air and burning the land but tempers also flare when quinn ah. clashes with a hotshot american militia leader gasp at the bone charring special effects and spectacular ah. 1080p and cower as fire breathing dragons roar in thunderous 48 kilohertz feel the heat with blu-ray high definition Woo! That is the kind of writing on an Amazon description that deserves a byline. Yeah, that's, I want that's to give credit. Like I, I need to I need to step up my game. Yeah, that's that's not Amazon's copy. That's that's word for word off the back of the Blu-ray case. That's oh, I love it. <laughs> it's like somebody somebody finally was like, "Hey, you know what? Not a lot of people are going to buy this movie on Blu-ray. I'm going to have some fun." <laughs> Either like, that or you know. Not a lot of people are going to buy this movie unless I talk up the format. Right. That's the most important <laughs> bit about this movie. I love it. The bone charring special effects. Um, so, quote, he always thought you could do it and you did. This is something that the what female protagonist says to Christian Bale. Yeah, right at the end, after they kill the, the, the big daddy dragon, she's like, because Van Sant at this point has been eaten by, uh, by, by the big daddy dragon. And she's like, Hey, he always thought you could do it, and you did. And they've <laughs> met two days ago. 
Like she's talking like you, you know, you guys were childhood best friends, and he always said Quinn's gonna be the one to kill that dragon. <laughs> like, no, what do you mean he always thought you could do it and you did? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's this scene where they they size each other up when they first meet, you know, McConaughey's character and Christian Bale's character. And later, you know, Quinn, Christian Bale's character, says something about, you know, I let you in because I I saw something in you. I thought I saw something in you, but you're insane. <laughs> and, uh, it, apparently it's worth noting that no this is one of the few movies where Christian Bale gets to use either his own accent or extremely close to it. Yeah. I don't think it's quite, it's pretty close, but I don't think it's cause he's, cause he's Welsh. Right. Um, right. So it's a little it's more, cool. it's a little more broguish. Yeah. Naturally than this. Um, Christian Bale originally was going to be like super skinny dude. He's like, Oh, it's post-apocalypse. Like there's foods probably in short supply. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Matthew McConaughey showed up and there's just like a fight scene in the movie where they're, they're kind of like evenly matched. He's like, well, I should probably look, similar to that right yeah you know i'm gonna destroy my body in two years anyway yeah matthew mcconaughey is as buff in this movie as he has ever been i think Uh, you know he's 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 muscular in most of his movies but i mean he is he is beefy in this one i'm saying this this movie was was the reconnaissance version (laughs) 1.0 it was he was testing ground he did great well, because he as looks I, amazing. What can yeah, I say? As I said, he looks so good in this movie. Uh, yeah. As I said in our Slack, uh, this was this is the only movie he did in 2002, the only one that came out in 2002, mm-hmm. and uh, it was immediately his following to Frailty, the first movie we did on this podcast. Yeah. Oh, what a great movie! I, I one thing I do want to end on with McConaughey for myself is one thing I really do love about this movie is when he's immediately introduced you immediately think he's going to be a villain. Uh, He looks scary. He's a marauder at that point. You don't know that he's part of this traveling convoy trying to kill the dragons. And that just would have been so easy. Not that this movie's overly creative, but I do love that it doesn't make him the bad guy when he's initially aesthetically set up to be the bad guy. They end up never really coming at all. Aside from their one fight, they never... It's never about him being the bad guy. It's about these guys disagreeing about how humanity should survive. If you should hide in fear or go out and fight the dragons. Well, yes and no. You know, on the one hand, he's number one. It's it's. I think it's worth noting that more often than not, bald equals evil for some mm-hmm. reason. Um, except for say the Magnificent Seven or any movie The Rock is in. Um, but for some reason, American movies tend to do that, and I'm not sure why. But you know, that's that's why you at least initially get a bad impression. It it kind of goes wildly, and again, this is down to the writing. Uh, wildly back and forth with Van Zan whether he's a good guy or a bad guy, it's like he's, he hunts dragons and that's great. And he needs help and some assistance in hunting dragons. And okay, that's understandable. And then he drafts some of people (laughs) and just like takes them with him, whether they want to go or not. 
uh, to go hunt the dragons and they all die. Yeah, certainly not saying he's a good guy. I think the movie could have just set up for there to be a constant conflict in the movie between the two and not have them teaming up at the end. Which they inevitably do. They do, yeah. Because You just gotta let Denton into your heart. Quinn's (laughs) also the, you know, the opportunity to maybe end this once and for all. Brent, come with me. We're going to go kill some dragons. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't think McConaughey's ever had a role where he can, where he loses the accent entirely. I don't think he can. No, I wouldn't. When we, when this movie, like when I was watching this movie with my girlfriend and, uh, this convoy's rolling up because she's like, oh, it's Christian Bale, it's Gerard Butler. I'm like, just wait. There's one person you haven't seen yet. Because when he comes out of that tank, he is unrecognizable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she just goes, oh, is that Matthew McConaughey? <laughs> and like at first, because his first words are like yelling. She's like, wait, he doesn't really have the accent. And then like two seconds later, it's like, oh, no, there it is. There's <laughs> the accent. That's yeah. right. Yeah, because I mean, part of Matthew McConaughey's image is that, you know, that even though it's receding somewhat, that soft curly hair that he's got, um, that I can I can vouch uh, women who like men like that hair. Uh, so, um, but he's also got these eyelashes that even with the shaved head, you can see those those pretty pretty eyelashes around those gray eyes, and that's that kind of does it for you. I would have lost oh, my mind if he part had. Of him must be sensitive. <laughs> um, He's a sensitive, bald psychopath. That's right. <laughs> so I would have lost my mind though if he had. All right, all right, all right. It before jumping, that would have just made it even greater. God, that I would love that. Pretty great. It's a wrong movie. Wrong. Wrong movie, movie though. All righty. Well. This was a movie that you guys did to us. It was it was certainly fun to watch. I, I don't know if I'll ever return to it. I just don't know. But it sounds like you guys might. Or Nicole, most certainly, because you at least own it. I own um, it. Here it is. There's my Blu-ray copy I'm showing. Yep, yep. definitely. Definitely <laughs> good podcast material the there. Pretty, pretty, pretty piercing blue eyes there. Blue-gray. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was fun. I mean, this was far less miserable than... A, some of the alternatives this cycle, and B, some of the winners in previous cycles. Yeah. So thanks for that, I guess. <laughs> you guys could and will do worse. Yeah. Uh, this movie's on HBO Go. Uh, probably will still be when this comes out. So if people are like, how the heck can I watch this? Uh, go, You can go watch it there. And I would say, get a couple buddies together and watch this movie and just lean into how ridiculous it is. And I think you'll enjoy it. Get some get some beverages or or get some edibles or whatever and a large group of people together. You know, this DVD is a surprisingly high price on Amazon, but I bet you can get it on eBay for like five bucks. So Yeah, and it's it's rentable it everywhere like too. So yeah, you can rent it for a couple bucks on most sites. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Check it out. Rain of fire. And again, in five weeks, everyone's going to have the opportunity to vote again. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at movie go round pod and on Facebook uh, slash movie go round podcast in order to stay up to date with those. That way you can vote when it comes along. We have so many folks that say, Hey, I want to vote on these. 
and then they don't vote because they don't follow those. And then they ask for the next voting round. And I don't want to have to email this to everybody I know, which is kind of what I have to do at this point. It's way easier if you follow us on one of those. Mm -hmm. So go ahead and do that. Uh, David, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on the Brokebot Mountain podcast and around the internet under the username Davluz. That is D-A-V-L-U-Z. So Twitter and Instagram, follow me there. Very good. And what about you, Nicole? You can find me shepherding our Facebook page at facebook.com slash moviegroundpodcast and occasionally on Twitter under at your word whiz. And that's Y-O-U-R-W-O-R-D-W-H-I-Z. Very good. You can find me on Twitter at I am Brett Stewart. That is Brett with two T's and Stewart is S-T-E-W-A-R-T. You can find everything I do over there next week. Well, look out. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain because next week, as a reminder, will be Knives Out. It is the middle of the cycle of future classic chosen by David. We'll see you then. 